Hello, friends. I'm an addict named Chad. Um, just curious, is there anybody new to Narcotics Anonymous in here? Well, I'll tell you. Welcome to the No Matter What Club. I, uh, I heard that heard that a, uh, quite a while ago, and that just uh, you know, and then our literature talks about it too, right? No matter what, absolutely, no matter what, we don't have to use again today. So welcome. Awesome. Um, I'm going to share just uh, first off too. I'd I'd like to thank the committee if they're still in here for uh, for asking me to even come here tonight to share um, something. I you know when I was still out using, I didn't think I'd ever be asked to share anything with anybody. They're always telling me to shut up. <coughs> so uh, pretty humble to be here today. Um, just going to share a little bit uh, to qualify so you guys don't think I'm up here BSing. And, uh, and then I, I love this topic, just another recovering addict. Cause, uh, it, that's how I got here and how I stayed here. But uh, <clears throat> So I'll start. You know, I come from uh, a really loving family. Um, it was a split family, but still lots of love in it. So... Um, which is kind of weird because I still didn't, like right from a kid, I still didn't fit in, right? So once I got here and uh, and learned about stuff like where the disease of addiction really lies within me, that's where it started. You know, six, seven, eight years old, I was already lying, cheating and stealing and, uh, and doing whatever it took to fit in. Um, and not even fit in sometimes, it was just whatever it took to feel better about that lost kid eh? so back then I was just another kid that didn't have a clue um, I spent my teenage years doing uh, a lot of the wrong things and 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 using a lot because that's at that point in time in my life that's what made me feel good you know? um, so I was just another lost teenager and then uh, carry on throughout my life and I just I ended up I found that sense of ease with using drugs and alcohol when I was a kid and and I continued to do that you know right up until my teen years um, again I thought you know at 16 years old be a good idea to quit school and uh, and become a man and then at 16 and a half I thought okay I quit school now I'm a man I should be dad so uh, ended up being a, a really young dad that had no clue um, carried on through, you know, my 20s and my 30s, and it was just a, a progressive, I mean, I don't think I have to tell anybody what it's like to have that progression of addiction take a hold, you know, I uh, was lost in the grips of addiction right from my early teens, and didn't realize it till my mid-20s, and, and then I decided, yeah, you know what, I'm just another addict that's uh, going to die doing what I'm doing and in my mid-twenties I was okay with that um, so I carry on you know I have a couple of long-term relationships I end up with a couple of kids from two different ladies um, and just a steady downward spiral my my whole life uh, I got married when I was I don't know late twenties I guess and uh and that was just another, I thought I had it made because I finally found somebody that was doing the same thing I was and wasn't condemning me for it. So, uh, 
now you end up with two really sick people. <laughs> and I won't share her story. Um, so as far as qualifying, man, I, uh, I understand what despair is. I understand what uh, being completely lost is about. I understand what it means to push everything I love away to get that one more. I get it. I understand that. And, uh, and I wanted to take my life for that reason for many years before I cleaned up. So uh, then, like I said, I was, I was just another <coughs> active addict, killing myself one use at a time. Right? Um, so then I get to this place called Narcotics Anonymous. <laughs> and this is, uh, this is where this topic really, really holds strong to me because <coughs> when I got here, um, like when I finally got here, I played around with the program in and out, in and out. I didn't want to do what you guys were doing to stay clean. It seemed like an awful lot of work, and I really didn't believe it was going to work for me. So uh, when I finally got to that completely beaten, broken, desperate, nowhere, absolutely nowhere left to turn place, I, uh, I decided maybe I'll check this surrender thing out. And, uh, and I thank God for that. You know, I, I come in here. It was a really small group where I cleaned up. There was four people at the time, and they were the first ones that got to see this guy that built them up as a real, you know, I was a real tough guy my whole life, right? Tough and leathers and long hair and big greasy beard, and, and I'm going to glare you down and scare you because I was terrified my whole life inside. So I had to, you know, I, I wore that mask for a long time, and I come in. To this small room, and uh, and they welcomed me. Just another recovering addict. We we got a fresh one, you know. I'm sure that's what they were thinking. We got a fresh one here. Let's welcome them in, and and they did just that. You know, I I walked in and uh, and I was beaten and broken, and I didn't care who knew anymore because. I wasn't going to get any help any other way. So they keep telling me to keep coming back. And all these years that I was in and out, I hear this 90 meetings and 90 day thing. And uh, 90 days, that's a long time. Like, that's a lot of, that's a lot of using time, right? That's just, that's a lot of time. I got to commit to 90 days in a row. So I kind of grasped on to, uh, they could see the fear in me with that, right? So they tell me just, just come back tomorrow. Just keep coming back. Plain and simple. Just keep coming. And uh, and they taught me how to get through one day at a time. And and it wasn't because I come to learn this after from you know continuing to come back and come back clean and get a few days under my belt and that fog starts to lift and I actually hear what they're talking about and. And I can see what they're talking about working in their lives. So they're not telling me just to keep coming because uh, it's their job. They told me to keep coming because they knew it worked for them. And I was just like them. And they weren't, uh, they weren't there to tell me I was any different. And I tell you, that saved my life. Um, that totally saved my life. So I keep coming and then... Uh, 
they start talking about the service stuff, right? Um, maybe, maybe you can make a commitment to this home group chat, they tell me. And, uh, well, that's like 90 meetings in 90 days, right? Another commitment. But uh, I, I took that suggestion, and I stuck around with that home group, you know, doing, doing the early stages of things, of uh, cleaning up, setting up, making coffee. Um, and I saw them doing it too, which told me that they're, they're no different than me. It doesn't matter, you know, that they've been here for six, seven, eight years. It doesn't matter that, uh, you know, the one guy's uh, going to school and I was so far disconnected from school that I didn't think that was ever possible. But, you know, I see these people that are, are putting their lives together and not just telling me to, to come around and commit to this. They're doing it themselves. That started to take away that, uh, that thought that they were better than me. And, and I started to believe over time that, you know what, this, for starters, this is working. I'm a guy that couldn't stay clean for three days, two days for one day, if I get really honest about it. I couldn't stay clean for one day for 25 years. Like, I, I never missed. And so I'm already, you know, three, four weeks into this, and I haven't touched anything. I'm waking up clean. That fog is starting to, to lift a little bit. Um, and it, it just told me that this is working for me. So I am no different than anybody else. All I had to do was, was put some effort into it, put a little bit of trust into, you know, four people. Um, and just keep listening to what they're talking about. So I keep coming. And uh, I think I was six months clean, and they thought it would be a good idea if I come and get involved in, in service at the area level. And... You know, I'm feeling pretty good about things. More and more of that fog's lifting. Um, I ended up around the four-month period, three and a half months, that uh, that fire, you know, I, I completely got past, or for the most part got past, that, that this isn't going to work for me, so that fire really takes place. And uh, I don't know about you, but when I was three and a half months clean and I started to feel that and really truly believe that I was just another recovering addict, no better, no worse, now, when there was a fresh one that come in the room, it's like, why won't you get this? <laughs> you know, we got something here. And I'd let them go, and those first four people would grab a hold of me and say, why won't you get this next part? <laughs> you know? um, so they take me to area service, and then that's when I really started to learn about, uh, a lot more about the whole idea of Narcotics Anonymous and just how big it is. It's not just in my little now-with-me-five-people room. You know, it's, uh, it's a bigger picture at that point. And then there's not just the 12 steps of Narcotics Anonymous anymore. There's the 12 traditions. I mean, we read them in every meeting. I heard them in every meeting that I was at, but they didn't pertain to me, right? Because I'm, I'm working in the steps, so traditions, that's just another, what, three minutes of talking. And, uh, but I get to involved in this service and, and then I start to, 
to ask questions about these traditions. And that's where this topic means so much to me. So I was taught about the, uh, the spirit of anonymity. And, and that's when it really sunk in for me, like really sunk in. These four people knew about the traditions and didn't try shoving them down my throat, but they knew about them and they were practicing them. The spirit of anonymity, when I walked into that room, no matter how my language was, no matter how I looked, no matter how empty my bank account was, no matter how shaky my job was, no matter what, absolutely no matter what, I was just another recovering addict coming in to the safest place that I could go. And, uh, and that has taught me so much because if I skip now, <clears throat> you know, through the next couple of years, um, I can take what I was taught then. And when I'm sitting in any kind of judgment today, that's what I remember. Anonymity. And I, I'm not going to stand here and say I don't judge people. And I, I get things going on in my head in, in a meeting going, why are you sharing that? You know, don't you know who I think you are? And, uh, and then I get reminded that we're all just recovering addicts. Plain and simple. And if I can, my first sponsor told me, blow the smoke off the situation, look at the right and the wrong, the real and the, and the uh, illusion. And so when I get into those modes myself today, I blow the smoke off it and I look at what's right. We're all just here looking for something better. Plain and simple. And I have, and if I look at it that way, it, uh, it takes all right, all right whatsoever away from me to judge you for where you are. And then I get reminded that when I can do that, that it takes all right away from you to judge me for where I am. You know, it's, uh, it's taught me a lot, continues to teach me a lot. Um, you know, I remember uh, it was about two and a half years clean, a guy comes in the room for the first time, and, and it was really disheartening because, I mean, here's a fellow that's isolated for the last six years of his addiction. And, you know, so he gave up on the hygiene. He gave up on, on the uh, communication skills and how to carry himself. And he was a mess when he walked in. And nobody would even, nobody would even acknowledge him, you know, other than, hey, how's it going? I was taught when I come here, or when I came here, I was taught to love. And, uh, and it does not matter for me. It does not matter what the situation is, who you are, where you come from. And you walk into a, a meeting room that I'm in, and I'm going to hug you. It might freak you out, but I'm going to hug you. <laughs> um, it's my, my whole stick today is I'm a hugger, not a mugger. And, and that means something to me, because that's... Uh, if people didn't do that with me in the beginning, I, you know, I honestly don't know if I would have stuck around because that would have told me right off the bat that, you know what, maybe I don't belong here. Maybe I don't deserve this. And uh, who am I to take that away from anybody else? 
Because I haven't been here for a long time, but I've been here long enough to understand for myself that in order for me to keep moving ahead, I mean, I read it in our literature every day. I can't keep what I have if I don't give it away. And if all i got to do is give away some love and understanding to just another recovering addict, and that's a pretty small price to pay for being clean and, and learning to live differently. Um, I, uh, you know, here's the... I'll go back into the service thing. Um, keeping that... And I keep going back to this anonymity bit because, um, you know, I go from the area table and I get involved in the region table because I just, uh, that's what I'm about. I love service. I just, I love being involved. And I was told from the beginning to you, man, Chad, get in the middle. If you get in the middle, you won't fall off the edge. And uh, so I had people guide me to the middle. And, and I've been blessed to this day to stay there. Um, so I get into the regional body, you know, and we start doing service work there. And I, I didn't have to really practice this, just another recovering addict anonymity thing at the region that I come from. Because I got a shout out to Alsace, man. They're uh, a group of loving, caring, compassionate people. And one of the best bodies I've ever served on. But then, again, I get blessed with an opportunity to, uh, to now carry our region's voice and go to world, right? So I, I end up last year, or sorry, beginning of this year in the spring at the World Conference in LA. And this is a, a little kind of, you know, hip guy. I'm cruising from a small area and a, a pretty decent um, put together region, but still small. I go from here thinking, man, I got numbers, you know, we got 67,000 weekly meetings and, uh, around the world and, you know, 132 countries and 77 languages we speak and, and I'm going into this huge place thinking I, I got service under wraps, right? Huh. <laughs> Not at all. I get there and, uh, and I realize just how little I really knew. And so, but I stayed involved, you know, and I, uh, and I took in as much as I could for that week that I was there. But when I got home, I, uh, I beat myself. Like, I mean, beat myself down because of how little I knew. And then, so I go into this whole, you know, I don't really deserve to be there. I, uh, what the hell is my region thinking, you know? thinking that I have anything to offer and, and I just go right into this whole spiral and and I went into it deep enough it took me a week which I've gotten to a place today it doesn't normally take me more than a day or two to talk to somebody but I stayed in this stuff for about a week and, uh, and I phoned my grand sponsor up couldn't get through to my sponsor so I phoned my grand sponsor up and, uh, and he said a couple of words to me that I mean spun everything right around he said did you did you happen to think, just, uh, you know, just take a different perspective and, and take a look at how much you got to learn while you were there? And man, I tell you, like, it just, that spun me right around. And at that point, too, one of the things that I learned is I was in a room with over 200 
just recovering addicts. It didn't matter, and I, I got to take that lesson from that moment and start to walk through the rest of service, and, and not just service, but well, I'll stick with the service part, sorry. <laughs> I got to, to carry that through because I, I still had some of that putting people on pedestals, right? You got 30 years clean. Man, I'm just, I'm down here and I don't know anything. And maybe don't belong here. And uh, what happened to just another recovering addict, right? I threw myself right out of the way. And so after having that conversation with my ground sponsor and, and taking a look at all of this stuff, it put a whole different spin on everything. Because it was a few weeks after that, um, I really start taking this stuff into my personal life and and remembering that you put the whole addict thing aside, put all of that aside. I'm a guy that believes we're all brothers and sisters, straight up, no matter what. And so now I got less fear of talking to a guy in a suit or saying hi to him at a grocery store. I got less fear about uh, opening the door up the right way for a decked out lady that's, uh, you know, business right out because they're no different than me. Absolutely no different. And now I get to come here and sit at the Canada body, the Canadian Assembly body this week. And I'm in zero fear of sitting in a room with people that, that completely outweigh me with with clean time behind them and completely outweigh me with the amount of service work that I've done and it doesn't matter because we're all addicts here looking for the same thing you know a better way to live and how can I share this with you how can we share this with people that uh, that aren't here yet because not just about being in the room and being just another recovering addict is uh, man there's a lot of lost souls out there and that's they're just addicts waiting to get in recovery right? so uh, finally got an opportunity to um, be of some positive service in my life and uh, and if I can keep that I can keep that spirit of anonymity up front and center here in my life period it uh, it makes and has made for a lot better living again whether I'm in here surrounded by people that I that I love and that love me whether you know me or not you know that accept me whether you know me or not because of the program and the fellowship of Narcotics Anonymous when I get when I walk out of here I get to take the same stuff that I learned here out there and uh, and I don't ever you know not one person ever has to be less than it's uh, that's just one of those tired old lies right that keep rolling around in this guy's head and uh, and I'm grateful because I've got I've got this program and our literature that I can read on a daily basis. I got a phone full, I mean jam-packed of recovering addicts that I can touch base with at any point in time in my day, night, whatever the case. And 
And I get to stand up here and do something that, you know what, five years ago never would have happened. Never would have happened. Um, I think I said it once already, and this one really blows me away that the days come around where uh, where I have something healthy to share with people. You know, um, there is uh, there is a way out, and for me, this is it. And no matter who anyone is or where they are, I know I'll I'll do my absolute best. To, uh, to welcome anybody. Plain and simple. Just welcome anybody. But uh, you know what? On that note, I'll say it again. Uh, if there's, we ended up with a few more people in the room here. If anybody that come in is uh, new to Narcotics Anonymous or coming back, I just I love this line. You know, welcome to no matter what club. And. Uh, and know you're worth it and just keep coming. You know, no better, no worse. Just come and get healthy. So thank you all for letting me share. Thank you.